Welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. Enduro Method is an online strength and conditioning program built for those who ride by those who ride. We are professional coaches dedicated to building the best and most revolutionary off the bike training for dirt bikers around. We are offering a special discount for our podcast listeners. Use discount code EMPODCAST22 for 50% off your first month. For more information, head to the description of this podcast where you can find the discount code and a link for more information and to sign up. All right, and we're live. So joined today by uh, James Flynn. Uh, James is a pro hard enduro and enduro cross rider. And for those of you that don't know him, we'll just start out and kind of James, if you want to give a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into riding. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, like you said, I race hard enduro and enduro cross uh, full time and um, pretty much just, you know, got into riding through my dad. Um, I know, and he got into it, you know, from his buddy. And I think I started riding when I was I think I was like nine year, nine, 10 years old and then uh, started racing when I was uh, 13. So kind of a little later start than some people, but I think that kind of prevented me from getting burnt out too. So um, that was nice, but yeah. And then um, just kind of did some local races and stuff and then somehow found my way into Hardin Girl. <laughs> what so. was it about, I mean, like going through kind of learning to going through racing and whatnot what kind of led you toward the hard enduro route like what did you enjoy most about it um I think for me I so um I think that like other premier off-road series I feel like a lot of moto racers come up like a lot of guys with moto backgrounds and they just super fast like I was just you know, kind of at that age, like I was just not able to touch them. And I figured, you know, hard enduro is kind of different. Like, um, I felt like the, the more technical side of things kind of came a little bit more naturally to me. Um, and it was kind of new and it was growing and I really enjoyed doing it. So I figured, you know, I'd kind of go that route and see how things go. What, when was, uh, what was the first hard enduro race you did? Um, I think, it was uh Revolimeter in 2018, yeah. Yeah, out in Texas. All right. So that because I think in 2018 uh was Enduro Fest. Yeah, we did that. And that we, yeah, I uh that was the first hard enduro race I had ever done. Oh nice. And uh I you got first in amateur. Uh, right i know in 19 i did i don't even 18 i don't even remember i might have i know that i did get first in amateur in 19 okay maybe i'm thinking of 19 because that might that makes sense that might have been my first hard enduro race anyways i just remember i got second and nice from our trajectories there's been a big split (laughs) in uh growth since then (laughs) nice Yeah. yeah No, that was a fun race. Yeah, that was, it was, uh, I'd done very little racing up to that point, but same thing, like just the, the challenge of the hard enduro was definitely more interesting to me than, um, it's not that the other stuff's not enjoyable or fun, but for whatever reason, it seemed, yeah, a lot more challenging, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes, yeah, definitely. There's a little bit more suffering going on for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I don't know, just the mindset of, can you get up this thing or, you know, whatever is a little bit more appealing than how fast can you go? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I definitely agree with that. I feel like now it's almost turning into like, it's not even a question of if, <laughs> if you're going to be able to get up it. It's just like how now, now it's turning into how fast can you get up it? Right. You know? Um. Yeah. And that's kind of something that I, it's taken me a while to adapt to that for sure. Yeah. That, and I think the, just the skill level, especially you guys is so, so high now that building courses that challenges you and is still sustainable for lower level riders to, to do is, is very challenging. Definitely. I know that's uh, one of the biggest challenges for, you know, any, any of the promoters for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can see why <laughs> definitely tricky. Yeah. So what did you think um, this year, King of Motos? I thought it was really good. Um, I, I I had a ton of fun out there, honestly. I, I really do like that area. Um, it's, it's pretty similar to, you know, where I live. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it was sweet. It wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't the toughest course in the world or anything like that, but I don't think every race needs to, you know, be the hardest race in the world. Um, I think, I think it made for really good racing with it being a little bit quicker and having some flow to it. And then also there being multiple lines kind of everywhere, especially in the final. Um, I feel like no matter where I was, like there was multiple options of lines to take. So I thought that was super cool. Um, I thought the format was sweet too. I, I had a lot of fun in that qualifier. The prologue was cool. And then, uh, yeah, the final, um, yeah, I mean, two and a half hours, it's, it's like a good amount of time to be out there. Um, I, you know, it's, uh, it, I think it made for some, some good racing for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. It was fun. It was, it was nice to be on the bike quite a bit, especially for those that got to travel a good distance, you know, you had yeah. 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 Definitely. The first one was pretty short, but Saturday evening or afternoon race, you know, was a good amount. And then onto the longer one on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I want to say we were like a little under an hour on Saturday and then Sunday was, I think around like the two, two and a half hour mark. So yeah, a good amount of time, obviously not the longest race in the world, but I, I think, uh, it made it good. Just knowing that like the whole time there was no holding back, like just the whole time it was pushing as hard as you could, you know, there's no like worrying about conserving energy or anything like that. Right. Just, uh, yeah. Just all out the whole time. So. What are your thoughts? I'm curious on this from the Saturday loop that we did to Sundays, which one did you like more? Hmm. Um, probably Sunday. Uh, yeah. Cause Saturday, there's, um, I mean, it, uh, definitely a lot of single track, which is fine. I'm, you know, single tracks fun, totally cool with that. But I think, you know, some of the canyons and stuff that they're sending us down on Sunday was a lot of fun, um, you know, with there being so many line choices. And um, I just, I love that kind of stuff. It's, I love it. So, and then Saturday too, I think that course had kind of been raced on before and that was like that whole single trap loop 
I've done, you know, multiple, I, I bet you a lot of the guys out there have done it a lot. I mean, it was a pretty established trail. So um, that wasn't like new to me or anything like that. Still a cool course, but uh, yeah, no, Sunday was sweet. A lot of that stuff I had not been on in before. So it was cool to see some new stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the the Saturday stuff was just so loose. And if you got off the single track, I mean, six inches or a foot, yeah we just had to pray and slow down until you got back on yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah it was loose out there this weekend it was uh it was very I, I was surprised when I got out there because uh I was out there a couple weeks prior and it was wet out and so the dirt was like perfect like it couldn't have been any better and uh yeah so going out there last weekend when it was dry like testing before the race it was kind of kind of shocking yeah and then the Sunday, like you said, uh, I mean, there was really almost in any spot, just multiple lines where you could just get creative and go around. So you didn't have to really sit in any bottlenecks or, you know, yeah. how, how much could you challenge yourself to make a move without screwing or screwing up or making it worse? Right. Right. I think there is like one canyon at the beginning that was kind of a little one line, but I, and it was really only in one specific spot in the camp, but everywhere was pretty much, there's at least two lines. So yeah, made for good racing. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you on the, you're going to Hawaii? Yep. Yeah, I am. We're uh, getting ready for that right now. Kind of, kind of a challenge to prepare for that out here. Cause I know it's going to be super slippery there. So, uh, you know, in Arizona, there's so much traction out here. So I had to figure out how to train and slippery stuff. Right. I, have a, I have a couple of ideas, a couple of plans, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be good. I'm excited for it. Nice. What a, um, logistically, how's that going to look for you? Um, I think, well, we're just sending a bike out in the container, um, probably the bike and box of, you know, spare parts and, uh, a gear bag. And then it'll just be my dad and I going out there. Um, we're pretty much, we're trying to make the trip you know as cost efficient as possible because it's obviously expensive to go out there um so yeah just uh we're not we looked into like rentals things like that there's not really any rental companies out there so just we're gonna just send a, a bike send a bike and then get back quickly to get prepared for grinding stone yep yeah um yeah luckily kind of blessed this year with a third bike so i'll be able to have two different i'll have a bike ready for grinding stone and then a bike ready for hawaii so i don't have to wait for the bike to get back from hawaii and then have just a couple of days to prep it to get it ready for grinding stone because that would definitely it'd be very stressful for sure right yeah it should be interesting going out there and you're riding basically on ice more or yeah less, and then coming back to grinding stone which is more traction than king of motos right right yeah no it'll uh yeah we'll still be prepping for grinding stone during you know the hawaii preparation but yeah it'll uh it'll definitely be interesting for sure i'm excited nice so what what's been your like again going back to from you know enduro fest enduro fest let's say in the 19 to now um like all the progress you've made and progression through, like what have been some of the big staples for you that you think has helped you progress? Man, that's a tough one uh, because I haven't, 
I feel like my progression has been very like linear. It hasn't, it hasn't just been like one big spike. It, it, it's always just kind of slowly gone up. So to like say like, oh, I changed one specific thing and it changed absolutely everything. Like it's just not true. Um, I would say that we've just kind of, uh, it, you know, just little bits and pieces here and there. And that's kind of helped, um, you know, to, I think everything from, riding trials to riding motocross to working on form and technique to doing motos um you know obviously gym work there's the cardio and fitness side of things which um even back then i was doing um you know one way or another uh and then the mental side of things too i would say you know just within like the past year or two for me to say like what is what have what has been my biggest you know, improvement, I would have to say is probably the mental side of things. Um, def I, I definitely a better rider than I was, you know, a year or two ago, but um, I would say that, you know, mentally I'm, I've probably improved more than anything else. So what, are, what have been some of the specific aspects of the mental game you've been working on? Cause I mean, that's one of those things that's so hard and um, you know, a lot of I don't know. I think it's it's one of those talking points. It's easy to say, oh, get mentally strong or get mentally fit. But how do you go about doing that? Right. And then like everybody's so different in how they approach things or how nerves get before the race or off season or how do you stay? I hate motive. I don't hate motivation. I think no, motivation I, is very unrepresented or right. not a great representation of discipline or consistency. Yep. Um, so how do you go about thinking about that? So, um, so for the mental, I, I feel like there's a lot of people will, you know, either say you can be like positive or negative. I just try to think, I guess, between the two and just think about like, if I'm, if I'm racing or whatever it may be, or riding, or I'm just thinking about, you know, or I'm doing my best to think about uh just what I'm doing in that exact moment you know form and technique wise line choice wise um not about you know things that have happened in the past or the future whatever it may be I'm just trying to think about what I'm doing in that exact moment if that makes sense that might not you know that might not be a great way of explaining it but no um, I think I think it is I mean staying present and then you're yeah. working with the controllables and not worrying about the stuff that you can't control Right. That's yeah, exactly. And then I guess leading up to a race, I just, in my head, I know, I, I know that I've done everything I can possibly do to be prepared for that, you know, the event that's coming up and that there's nothing else that I can really do, um, you know, to control anything. So I, I just, yeah, just take each moment as it comes. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I, I thought a lot about it. And it's always been for me when I'm, when I've prepared well, the stress or anxiety that I put on myself to perform is alleviated more, just because I know I did everything I could. Right. I am where I am. So at the end of the day, like, you can just go out and do your best, right? Right. As, and that in and of itself, I think over time builds that mental fitness or mental toughness, because it also builds a pathway to where you show up every day, you put the work in and you know, if you have a bad day or you don't feel like doing it, you still did the work. Yep. 
And so you can fall back on that when you have those moments of doubt or anything else going forward. Yeah. All, all for that. That's uh pretty, pretty much the same boat I'm in. So no, it's, uh, it's huge. It's huge. I've always, uh, from when I was first starting racing to now, I've always had people just say, Oh, you have mental issues. You have mental issues. And, you know, tell me I should do this or that or whatever. And I, I don't know, it, it's taken me a while to figure it out, but, um, and it's still not perfect, you know, by any means, but you know, there's an awareness there and, uh, we're working on it for sure. So. Yeah. What about, um, let's talk trials riding a little bit. How far have you gone down that rabbit hole? Um, a lot, especially lately. So I started riding trials. Um, man, it's probably been, I think it's been four years now. Um, and I think just like last year, I wasn't doing it super consistent. It was probably like a once a week or once every two week kind of thing. And then this year, um, it kind of seemed like it could have been like some potentially like low hanging fruit. And then so I started riding trials a lot more and it, I don't know the way trials has helped me like for this year, it hasn't really been such as like learning how to do like basic trials moves, like splatters or jazz apps or, you know, static zaps or whatever. Like I kind of had all that figured out. It's just, just as far as like my control on the bike and my efficiency on the bike has kind of skyrocketed. Well, not, I don't want to say it's skyrocketed, but it's definitely improved a lot. I feel like I can get through tough sections or going through canyons, like it, with a lower heart rate and, you know, maintaining the same speed or a higher speed when I'm on the motorbike, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely helps quite a bit. And I don't, that, there's no secret there. I think everybody knows that all the top guys out there are super good at riding trials. Yeah, no, for sure. I've always been curious. So what, cause at some point, right. If you go hyper-focus on trials, like trials is its own thing. It's its own competition, right. Right. Yeah. Red ribbon, all that stuff. So like, and I'm curious for myself as well with, you know, I've started to ride more trials and I enjoy the trials for itself, but I also want to find the point, like, am I getting better at riding trials specifically for like a competition on that, or am I doing everything I can on the trials bike to make it conform or progress in the hard enduro or on the big bike? No, I, I hear you. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, when I go ride trials, I guess the way that I ride trials would be the way that somebody doing a competition, you know, a trials competition would be training for that trials competition. You know, I'm doing sections I'm looking at, you know, I, I put a section together and then I do it until I just can clean it, um, you know, things like that. And I would, I would say even when you're in that trials rider mindset, it it still will carry over to a big bike for sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I've done the other way too, where it's like, you know, you just go out in the woods and ride your trials bike, but I feel like the big benefits do come from that small area, very limited um, yeah, you know distance between obstacles so everything's control you got to get up over control move the front tire rear tire get Definitely. lined up balance traction all that stuff yeah uh, especially i mean if you're just focusing on one section having that repetition and being able to do the section mess it up and then think to yourself okay like what did i do to mess this section up and what do i need to change in order to go and clean it um and being able to figure that out 
you know, change up your form and technique to be successful. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah. So. Nice. How did you feel about your performance this year at Kingamoto? Um, I'm actually, I'm happy with how I rode, especially in the second lap. I'm not, you know, eight, I got eighth place. I'm not like stoked about the result by any means. Uh, the goal is top five, but, um, I think with how I'm, I was very happy with how I rode in the second lap. And I think I, I made up several minutes on, uh, I was, I came in 10th place to lap two. And I think I was several minutes behind those guys. And I was able to, uh, pretty much put the hammer down and ride as fast as I could. And I was able to catch them. Um, so I'm happy about that. I just, I kind of, I got a bad start and, and a, as a result of that kind of a rough first lap, just being stuck behind people and, um, took me a while to, you know, get on the pace, but yeah, ultimately I'm, I'm happy with how I rode. Um, I think that if I can just put it all together, I, I think, you know, it'll be a successful race season. So. Nice. What were some of the mistakes that you had that you feel like you could clean up or that you want to kind of focus on moving forward? Um, I don't know. Well, I had a really poor start and still don't know why. I swear I hit my butt in the same time as everyone else, but I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I guess just a poor start. And then maybe I think I kind of tensed up a little bit, got in my own head. Um, and, you know, let quite a bit of guys ahead of me. And, uh, yeah, as a result of that, I, I think I had to be in like 20th place. It, it was, wow. it was rough. yeah. I, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot, and, and then because of that, I think I was pushing as hard as I could on the first lap. And then I, um, I was just focusing on going fast. I wasn't even not even thinking about being smooth or anything like that. I think that caused me to kind of pump up and um, lose some time. So but that's on me 100%. I mean, that's, yeah, no excuse for that. That's my fault for sure. So, but yeah. How'd you feel um, training up? So we kind of got together about eight or nine weeks ago. Yep. And you were following some enduro method, uh, kind of like an eight-week hard enduro training plan, essentially. Different a little bit um, from what we're putting out there, just in the sense that you're pro rider, you fully committed to riding um, and adding a bunch in there. But how do you feel that helped prepare you going in? Um, I think it helped a lot. Um, honestly, I, I feel better than ever. Um, but aside from that, like coming into it, just the confidence knowing that you know, the train that I've, that I've been doing and the work that I've been doing has actually had some sort of structure behind it. That helped me a lot, you know, just mentally, but, uh, I could feel that, um, you know, each week we were, you know, leading up to it, we were getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And even just, um, you know, the lap times were improving, you know, definitely felt stronger in the gym, even just doing like sprints on foot, um, like doing hill sprints on foot. My time was, improving drastically um so i know that you know i was getting more and more fit but we weren't overdoing it i think you know i've done that in years past i've you know i've overdone it and then when the race comes i'm like smoked you know but i didn't feel like that this time like i i felt like i was kind of like peaked out during the race or at the race you know fitness wise so yeah i was stoked about that for sure awesome 
what else, what other kind of things were you doing just on the side? Um, so we were doing the motos like three, four days a week. Um, and then obviously I think gym was like three days, three, four days a week. And then the days that I was going to the gym, I was also doing trials because trials is, um, I mean, I guess unless if you're out there for like eight hours, it's not like a super gnarly, you know, workout or anything like it's relatively low. Um, you know, it's still obvious you're still getting a workout in, but it's not crazy in the heart rate or anything like that. So we're doing that during gym days. Um, and then obviously the, the hill sprints, I mean, I think anyone that follows me on Instagram sees like the stories where we post the times, um, kind of like a fun, friendly thing that we do once a week, but it, it helps a lot with cardio. I mean, you're pretty much max your heart rate for like eight minutes. Yeah. So yeah, we are doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, going on, you know, just light run, you know, mountain bike rides, things like that, just other things that weren't like super structured or part of the program, but still helping. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you do, do you, do you think of, so some I've been toying around with because like from literature and research purposes, like there's very much difference from doing skill work and conditioning work. And then obviously like strength and gym work. But when you're doing skill work, which is what I would kind of think of as like trials riding, the same as you, like, I'm not saying it's not hard in its own way, but it's not terribly taxing on the aerobic or anaerobic system, right? Like, right. I mean, maybe in the beginning more, but, and if you're a fairly fit individual, um, but separating that skill session work from like the conditioning or from going out and riding with your buddies, right? Like skill work definitely kind of needs its own bucket where you're sessioning something you're spending the downtime either riding back to the beginning or sitting down and taking a couple minutes before you do it again to where like you're getting that process and going through and letting your mind kind of do its thing right and build yeah. that pattern and build that habit um to where you're not having conversations with people and you're kind of zoned in almost like a meditative state yeah yeah. And that's where, like, I think the skill work can be done in conjunction with almost anything for the most part. Again, as long as you're not killing your recovery and you're, you're still able to put your best effort into those intentional interval work and, you know, stuff like that, you're ticking those boxes. But then outside of that, it's almost like you can just spend as much time as you want developing those, that skill, either trials, big bike or a combination of the two. Yeah, definitely. I and I think it's they're definitely they're all equally important for sure. I mean, you can be the fittest guy in the world, but if you don't have the skill down, you're obviously you're not going to be able to go out and you know lay it down. You know, and on the other side, if you can be the most skilled rider in the world, or you know, but if you're not in shape, you're not going to be able to sustain that for you know all day. So yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that's too, where like having some, um, you know, either self-reflection or, you know, stepping back and kind of looking, like you said earlier, like lowest hanging fruit, you can make the most progress by focusing what you're worse at. So if you're super skilled, but your fitness sucks, take some time, work your fitness up. Or if your fitness is great and your skill levels down, then, you know, hang back on the fitness side and really work on the skill work. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, I hear you. Um, nutrition. How's that going? What's that look like for you? Just more, not necessarily race day, but just kind of day to day in general. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super huge on like counting macros or, um, anything like that. Uh, I just, I just try to eat clean. You know, I don't eat any processed food. Everything I make is, you know, from raw ingredients, uh, that I, you know, just get at the grocery store. It's not nothing super crazy. Um, obviously I, I, I don't eat like gluten or try to stay away from dairy too. Um, very rarely I'll, you know, have something with dairy in it, but, uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah. I don't have any crazy secrets or anything like that on the nutrition side of things. I, the nutrition side of things has always been super frustrating to me because everyone has their own opinions on what works and what doesn't. So I just try to just eat clean and then have like a good variety of things. I just make sure that everything on my plate, you know, is a different color. And uh, yeah, and I, truthfully, I, I feel good. So I, I don't, unless if, you know, someone were to come along and tell me that some, what I'm doing is super wrong and not right, you know, that I need to change something, maybe I would, but yeah, it's, uh, the nutrition thing's tough. Everyone has their own opinions on it. Yeah. It's, it's so, almost like a religion, honestly. Yeah, no, you got, I mean, you got people on Instagram saying that you need to eat raw meat, nothing else. And then you got people saying that meat is horrible for you. And then you got people saying that you shouldn't be any, eating any carbs at all. And I don't know, like it, it's so nuts. So just try to be in the middle of it all and just, yeah. 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 I think that approach is pretty dang good. Whole foods, minimal processing. Yeah. And just, eat a good variety. Yeah. I, I mean, I stay, stay away from like seed oils, you know, I'm not, you know, I, if I only cook with like avocado oil or, you know, that's like, it's not even that big of a deal, but yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's also one of those things too. I feel like people get so hung up on the last 2% that they don't look at the other 98%. That's like the easy part. Right. That they're worried about seed oils and yet they haven't had anything but packaged food for the last month. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, you should probably avoid seed oils if you can, but you also need to get everything else in order first. Right. And that's way easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about, uh, so like recovery stuff outside of riding, right? You're doing all this volume, all this training. How do you go about making sure that you're able to do this day after day after day, like nutrition, like you're saying, eat good quality food. Um, what about sleep habits for you? Definitely eight hours of sleep every night. Um, that's a must. Um, but pretty much lately it's been basically just going to bed at nine and waking up at five um and it's yeah pretty pretty simple i i sleep's definitely important um but yeah i i, I think yeah as long as you're getting eight hours it's pretty you know pretty basic and straightforward yeah so, no crazy yeah. like sauna an ice bath protocol or anything um i'll do an ice bath like once a week but uh you know i don't really have access to a sauna um, but, uh, no, I could definitely see a lot of benefits to that for sure. Yeah. That's, it seems to be one of those things that's super popular right now too. Yeah. 
yeah no the ice bath thing is uh yeah no it's a cool thing to do right now <laughs> literally it's a lot cooler in arizona than it is in idaho yeah that too yeah. yeah um going into race day what's your nutrition look like do you kind of just same game plan wake up eat a solid breakfast and then going into like race nutrition hydration yeah i uh that, especially on race day i do make sure that i'm eating like at least a couple hours before the race just so all that food has time to digest and i'm not trying to digest or my body's not trying to digest the food while I'm also exercising. Um, but yeah, just like a solid breakfast, make sure I got like a good amount of carbohydrates and we'll be able to burn throughout the day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just, you know, protein, just nothing crazy. So yeah, I, uh, I know like during the race we'll do, um, you know, obviously I got like the goo packs, you know, replenishing it, calories or um, carbohydrates that I'm losing. But uh, yeah, and then if things are really going south, then we'll do like water with like salt in it. And uh, that seems to help it like the East Coast races. Like if I'm in like a full body cramp, I'll just down some water with salt in it and um, then I'll be good to go. And I don't know, some might say that's not good, but it seems to work. But I only do it if, yeah, if things are really going south. So, right. so talking about the East Coast races, what was your favorite East Coast race last year? Um, shoot, probably Tough Like Roar. That was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it about it that you liked the most? It was just a fun course, a lot of big rocks. So really cool rock to rock lines the year before in 21 too I actually I like I got heat exhaustion and they had to give me an IV and uh that race just defeated me it kicked my ass in 21 so to go back in 22 and get a top 10 result and uh you know finish without really any problems like I was pretty stoked about that so especially because I was super nervous coming into it knowing what happened the year before so but uh, yeah, I think I think it was a it was a solid course. All the all the races last year were pretty good though to me. I I don't think think they all did such a good job. What are you thinking with the new format um, this year at Grinding Stone going to more of a knockout? Um, I think it'll be good, uh, especially there. I think it'll make for some really exciting racing. Um, I know that that's kind of what he was trying to do. Um. You know, the four hour thing like last year when Tristan's leading by, you know, 30 minutes or whatever it was like it kind of kind of becomes like a, maybe a little bit boring. So I think, you know, with that short, intense final, I think it's going to it's going to make for some really good racing and some really good battles for sure. And it's it's going to be tough to stay consistent on all those obstacles like hitting stairway to heaven, you know, seven times is going to be uh, it's going to be a lot, but it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Right. Yeah, it should be uh should be an exciting season. What race are you looking forward to the most this year? Um well, as of right now, kind of Hawaii, just because I've never I've never really traveled, you know, over or you know, never really left like this continent for a race like that. You know, so that's exciting. And I know I'm just interested to see how slippery it is over there and see if it uh lives up to the hype. I'm sure it will um 
but yeah, just, and it's new to me too, that, you know, um, but yeah, I think as of right now, that one, and then, uh, yeah, I think grinding stone will be pretty exciting too. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out with the format. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one, I think what James is doing up there with silver Kings too, should be a lot of fun. That should be a good one. I'm, uh, curious to see how that yeah see what they got for us this year i know that last year they were trying to make it i thought i was gonna based on like how they were describing it i thought i was gonna like go out there and die um so i'm interested to see what yeah what they have in store for this year i know that he wants to make it probably as hard as possible so yeah and with the whole you know on such short notice with all the snow up there they couldn't get much done whereas this yeah they're working on it all last yeah, no, I thought the course was really cool. I, I really enjoyed the new stuff that they cut in. I thought it was awesome. So I know that, you know, with the time that they have this year, it'll definitely, uh, it'll be even better. Yeah. What are, what are you thinking about that one round on the East? Well, it's two rounds in one weekend, right? On the East Coast. Um, was it Shotgun and what was the other one? Stuff like Roar. Oh, those two, yeah. Yeah, no, that'll... Uh, That'll be interesting. I'm gonna have to uh, do like a three day racing simulation <laughs> leading up to it to make sure we're good to go. Um, but yeah, no, that'll be that'll be a tiring weekend. Definitely gonna have to make sure that we're dialed in for that. So might even, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I might have to have uh, you're gonna have to have all the nutrition stuff, all the meals planned, and everything dialed because it's it's gonna be a long weekend for sure yeah i feel like that's definitely one that the attrition rate's gonna add up just yeah just fitness in general too yeah when you so at back to the king of moto this year when you were looking at just the time domains because that race on sunday you know of course there's a six hour time limit which sounds really long but then going okay how long is this actually going to take were you thinking of going into each one of those? Like, you know, obviously the, the qualifier is super short. That's just basically as fast as you can get around that thing. It was anywhere from what, four to, you know, 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Next one after that, knowing it was a 12 mile one lap and then two 12 miles on the second lap, were you thinking like, I'm going to push a little bit harder on this first one and then tomorrow it'll be backed off a little? Or were you kind of looking at it going, this is basically you know, 95, 98% on both of these? Um, so for Saturday, I think it was definitely just, you know, going 98% the whole time because it, I, you know, I kind of knew it was going to be as a qualifier and, you know, I wasn't expecting anything super crazy because of that. Um, and then for Sunday, that afternoon race, I kind of, I did not think it was, I, I was, I really wasn't sure what to expect. Um, I asked around a little bit and no one really had like an idea on, you know, what, how long it would take us. So that was kind of tough to, to really know how hard to push. And, uh, but after I came in, you know, that first lap, like knowing like, okay, like we're basically just doing the same thing again with like maybe a couple added hard sections, knowing that I'm like, okay, well I can, now I know I can push as hard as I can. Uh, Cause I knew what to expect, but coming into it, I did not know time-wise really what to expect so I I I just rode I guess I just rode at a pace I felt like I could sustain for you know a long period of time 
So that's what's tough about these races is sometimes is you just don't know what to expect. Right. You know, Time-wise and how how difficult it's going to be too. So. Yeah, the difficulty level definitely increases the variability. I mean, like yeah. just because if you get to a section and you overexert yourself early enough and that happens a couple of times, you can definitely kind of work yourself into a hole. Definitely. For sure. No, it, uh, yeah, it wasn't, luckily it wasn't anything too crazy as far as difficulty goes. It was still, it was good. It was, it was a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely seemed, um, whereas a pretty good line, like challenging, but not overly sketchy. Right. There wasn't really anything out there that, I mean, obviously you could take a tumble on like death blow on that last section. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't have been amazing, but it wasn't, terrifying yeah i think uh that uh that downhill was like the scary <laughs> the downhill in the first lap was like the scariest part of the race for me yeah no yeah. there were a couple spots in there that were yeah i think i would almost rather do the the tough up canyon on the second lap i'd almost rather do that than that downhill that i think we didn't i don't think we did that downhill because of that up i think it bypassed it but yeah, because I remember coming in one like as we were getting to that last check, I was like, I think that downhill was after this. And sure enough, we went left instead of right. And I was like, oh sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh I don't know that yeah, that downhill was sketchy. <laughs> I threw it. Didn't my bike didn't tumble. So Yeah. So we got, I don't know what, seven, eight weeks till Hawaii, six, seven. Yeah, I think we're I have a countdown on my phone. Let's look here. Yeah, we're like 39 days. So yeah, decent amount of time. Yeah. It, yeah. Um yeah, looking forward to continuing to work with you and getting ready for that round. And then right after that, grinding stone. And yep. And it seems like it starts ticking off, yeah, every two to three weeks after that. Yep. Yeah, no, it, it'll definitely, it, it's going to be a busy season. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. How have you, like, what's your, in the in the past years, training-wise, once you really get in season? Because this race, <clears throat> I mean, it's so early, which is kind of cool because you get to start, well, at least for us, we get to start riding earlier. Yeah. But then having that big gap and then into your season, like in the years past, how have you arranged like your off-season training to your in-season training? The off-season training is definitely, well, it's always consisted of, you know, more working out, you know, more like building up to it. And then I think, you know, during seasons just kind of been sustaining, you know, making sure that, you know, the bike skills are on point and making sure that, you know, the fitness is staying where I want it to be, but not, you know, not trying to like build during season you know what I mean um but yeah I I think uh yeah nothing crazy there just pretty basic right basically just not getting hurt yeah not getting hurt that's that's a huge one right not breaking too much on the bikes yeah yep for sure well awesome um yeah like I said looking forward to working with you continuing on and um yeah it's been great stoked to see how you can progress and crush this year yeah 
No, I, I appreciate all the help. It, it really, it, it's been helping a lot. So awesome. Um, how can people get a hold of you, follow you, support any of that stuff? Um, Instagram, just James Flynn 55. Um, I got a YouTube also, and then there's another YouTube account called Endurotainment that, um, it's basically my buddy Owen, but I'm on it quite a bit. Pretty much every episode he releases, I'm usually on it. We're just, it's usually just us kind of, uh, you know, showing the training side of things and, you know, other silly stuff like that. So, um, yeah, those three things. I guess I'm on TikTok also, you know, for the all the young kids out there that use TikTok. So Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm almost there. <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. Well, again, stoked. Um, yeah, we'll see you at Grinding Stone for sure. And um, yeah, looking forward to awesome here. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good for sure. Cool. Well, thanks again. Thanks for coming on and um, good luck with the rest of the year. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye.